it's Mark K from the Mark K Show. You hear me every day at 11 a.m. on News 104.5 WOKV. First of all, thanks for listening to the Mark K Show podcast. Second, if you haven't yet, please subscribe to the Burrish Daily Discussion Podcast and Jacksonville's Morning News Interviews. And don't forget to head to iTunes or Google Play and leave a review. Thanks for listening. You've heard Mark K filling in on the Herman Cain Show. Now, he's on every day at 11 a.m. This is the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. Trump it up! Well, we're waiting for we're waiting to trump it up. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but Trump wants to spend all this money on infrastructure, and in just a few minutes, he's he's in a, some kind of infrastructure initiative meeting right now. And then in just a few minutes, what's here's what's going to happen? He's going to walk out. He's going to walk up to a podium. There will be a speech where he goes over what he plans to do, what he'd like to do, what we're doing wrong. He'll probably lead with what we're doing wrong. Let's be honest. And then he's going to uh, go into what we want to do right and how we're going to pay for it, which is very exciting. Uh, this is going to be uh, carried live here on News 104.5 WOKV as soon as it starts. So if you're wondering, oh, where do I hear this fantastic infrastructure plan? Then uh, the answer is you don't go anywhere. Just stay right where you are because, uh, you know, this is what we do. We bring you all that stuff that you uh, that you need. It's called the news. And uh, and that's our, our first and foremost priority. Now, the uh, the plan is going to I mean, we've already got little snippets of it and tidbits. And, you know, Trump was tweeting. Of course, he tweeted. He tweeted three hours ago. This will be a big week for infrastructure. After so stupidly spending seven trillion dollars in the Middle East, it is now time to start investing in our country. And that is uh, that is a big, you know, that was a big part of his campaign. He always talked about how, hey, during the campaign, uh, we need to make sure that we're rebuilding our roads. We need to make sure we're rebuilding our bridges. We need to make sure that we're putting Americans to work. That's a, a big part of creating jobs. You know, it's almost like the new New Deal. The only difference is hopefully this new New Deal won't uh, won't, you know, put us into a spending, uh, you know, just debacle like the last one. It, the, the big thing about the budget and and, you know, Donald Trump comes up with these elaborate plans as president and he always says someone else is going to pay for it or we're going to have to pay for it. And the you know, the issue that is always at odds is do the Republicans actually get on board with that? Will they say, hey, you know what? Uh, we do need to pay for it. Let's take some spending out of some other places or, you know, let's say no to this Democratic program. That's just a big waste of time and cash. Or do they just, you know, throw more money into the pile? And hopefully they'll do what Donald Trump wants to do and cut back in other areas to afford to spend in places, you know, where we'd like to spend the way a real budget works. Because if you have a budget in your family or if you have a budget at your office and you spend all the money, you can't just go back and say, I'm going to need some more money because now I want to build a bridge or I need some more money because now we need a big wall. And so you got to say, like, look, all right, if we want to build a bridge, we got to cut out, you know, cut our grocery budget down or maybe go to Costco, uh, you know, figure out a way, figure out a way to pinch the bennies. Maybe we don't drive as much on the weekends. We we walk somewhere or you take a, you know. You know, have some carpool, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever your alternate way of uh, of balancing your budget is. That's that's what you do. And that's what Donald Trump feels. Eh, maybe we should start doing, too. So the one point five trillion dollars, the one point five trillion dollars will fix America's in- infrastructure while also streamlining the often cumbersome permitting process. This is all from Fox News. Uh, the four trillion dollar budget plan has begun unveiled today. And as we said before, Trump says we're going to start investing in America. Unlike last year's plan, the fiscal 2019 blueprint does not seek to balance the budget over the next decade. Combined with a newly passed spending deal and sweeping tax cuts, the budget would see the federal deficit once again rise past one trillion in the near term. Now, here's how this works. 
Uh, uh, the $200 billion of the $1.5 trillion would be would come from reductions in other areas of the budget. We're not really sure where we're going to reduce the budget. I know that there's talk of defunding NASA and making that a private organization. I know a lot of people, including Ted Cruz, blew a gasket over that uh, over the weekend, saying that, you know, we need to spend billions of dollars on the National Space Station, the International Space Station, rather, over over the next few years. There's so much good that comes out of us having a, um, a, a near-orbit space program, while others are arguing that we, our money should be spent on, on deep space programs. Uh, like, uh, you know, like Deep Space Nine. Oh, no, that was the Star Trek program. Yeah, well, never mind. Uh, either way, they're saying, let's go to Mars. Let's stop orbiting around the Earth, you know, and figuring out what, what gra- effects gravity has on, 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 on plants and asparagus and, uh, and stuff like that. The plan, uh, the infrastructure plan also boosts investment for projects in rural America, including transportation, meaning more roads in rural America, broadband, meaning more Wi-Fi in rural America, water, waste, power, flood management, Ports, $50 billion uh, in a bid to address criticism from Republican senators that the Trump administration's initial emphasis on public-private partnerships would do little to help those areas. So, you know, the, the big issue is, hey, let's get some uh, let's get some roads in place. Let's fix our bridges. Let's do some ports and airport. Let's spend a lot of money, you know, refurbishing America. Let's do what they do to old buildings when they buy them at the Trump Corporation. You know, it's like inlay gold uh, some places and, and uh, you know, update them with marble and make everything make everything really attractive and beautiful and new and shiny. OK. Uh, but let's also at the same time cut down the time that it takes to do it. That's part two. Uh, Donald Trump's biggest concern, one of them, is the expense and the waste of time that comes from any kind of government project, not just infrastructure, but anything at all. He's saying projects now take three years to get approved. You're, you're talking three years just for approval. Let's cut that down to one so that we can come up with an idea and within a year break ground on it. Doesn't seem like it's too uh, too ridiculous a task. He's saying we'll settle for two, but ideally we want it down to one year. We want at one year to be able to initiate whatever plan we've put in place. That includes a border wall. That includes a bridge. That includes uh, an oil derrick or what you know, whatever it is. We've got to move quickly, and we've got to reduce the steps that it takes. Because every high every person you hire to stamp their approval on a piece of paper, you know. That stamp, you just paid somebody 19 bucks an hour to do that. You know, plus there's all sorts of, uh, plus there's also uh, all the other, you know, benefits they get, like pension and whatever. So they're really probably like $27 every time somebody goes like this. And if you think to me, who's still stamping? They're not still, clearly, Mark K., they're not still using old school rubber stamps. Oh, yeah? Have you been to the government lately? Have you taken a tour of a government office? They have old school stamps. Don't, th- don't think they don't. You know, they still have staplers. I'm sure some of them are still using mimeograph machines. You know, it's it's not the most modern. As much money as they spend on stuff, it's not the most modern. Uh, you know, there's places that uh, you'd be you'd be you'd be shocked and and totally appalled. So this is what's going to happen. We're going to have the infrastructure debate. Or I'm sorry, the infrastructure plan go up, and then of course a debate following. Speaking of debates, today they're debating in the Senate the immigration policy. Now, the immigration policy, which was left off of the stopgap spending, uh, spending budgets, uh, left off of the, the continuing resolution so, you know, we could fund our government so that those people could keep rubber stamping stuff. There you go. You get another, you get another month and a half of this. 
And uh, and now, you know, by the way, every time I hit the board here, a big cloud of dust pops. I don't even want to know how what and like how many dead skin cells I'm inhaling here. But uh, we probably want to we probably want to clean that. Um, also, I'm going to stop stamp. I'm going to stop stamping because I don't want to. I don't want to breathe in all this grossness. Uh, but anyway, so that's where we are. That's where we are today. We've got infrastructure, and then we've also got uh, the immigration debate. And the immigration debate is important because this is where we're going to see what happens with the Dreamers. This is where we're going to see what happens with uh, the wall and the spending. This is where the rubber meets the road. Donald Trump has put out there a plan that is both attractive to and repulsive to both parties. And now both parties have to come together and say, all right, we like this part, but we hate that part. Well, we hate that part, but we like this part. And they're going to meet in the middle. And somewhere in the middle, there will be dreamers that get a path to citizenship. There will be dreamers that get a path to citizenship and there will be money for the wall. And there will probably be there will probably be an end to chain migration or a limiting of chain migration. And there will probably be an end to the visa lottery. Because those are the four pillars of of wisdom or whatever. Those are the four pillars of immigration that they're either trying to knock down or build up. Chain migration, got to be gone. Uh, visa lottery, we that's that's a dumb thing. We don't want that anymore. You know, dreamers. Okay, we'll work with a path on a path to uh, to citizenship for the dreamers. How many will it be? Will it be 1.8 or will it be 700,000 or will it be somewhere in the middle? And then of course the wall. 25 billion, 18 billion, let's get some billion in there and let's start building. This is where the open debate begins. And it's going to be, it's going to be a long, hard battle. It ain't going to be easy. It's not going to be easy. Uh, at the end though, it, you know, I think because Donald Trump has set those parameters so wide and given both sides something to sink their teeth into while at the same time really annoying both sides with the proposal, uh, they're going to have no choice but to meet in the middle and then Donald Trump's going to sign something. We'll see what happens. First though, like I said, the, and, and I, I don't think it's, I don't think that it's not how am I trying to say this so it doesn't sound really complex? I think that it's deliberate that Donald Trump is having an infrastructure conversation and speech the same day that the immigration bill begins uh, debate. I think he's trying. I think he's trying to get his whole proposal out there while he knows that the Senate and the Congress are otherwise basically too busy to respond because. You know, Donald Trump and I are very similar. We have great big ideas and we don't like anyone else criticizing them. So if the Senate's all locked up in debate today and tomorrow and the next day, they're going to have very little chance to come out and really pick apart this infrastructure plan. So, again, don't think that that wasn't planned. Uh, and if it wasn't planned, it's a great quint. It's a great day to do it anyway. Three four zero one zero four five is my number. Uh, we're going to get you, as I said, as soon as Donald Trump's ready to speak, we're going to bring you that speech live, so you can hear in depth from the president himself his new one point five trillion dollar spending plan for the United States of America. This is the Marque Show on News one zero four five WOKV. This is the Marque Show, eagerly anticipating the arrival of President Trump uh, in the. Uh, well, I don't, you know, I don't even know where he's speaking. He's speaking somewhere. Apparently, he was supposed to speak at 11, but, you know, he's on Trump time. He doesn't, no one tells him when to speak. He tells you when he's going to speak. <laughs> so we're waiting for that. As soon as it comes, though, it's an infrastructure policy plan that we are going to bring you live. So if all of a sudden, I, you know, you thought you were going to hear me and you hear Donald Trump, that's why. Uh, first, though, we got Rocky on the line in Jacksonville. Rocky, hey, thank you so much for calling the Marque Show. How are you? Rocky, you there? Oh, I'm not. Yeah, I'm here. Can hey, you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. What's up, man? I just tuned in, so I don't know if you've already made comments on this, but you know how you were saying earlier about um, 
the plan being presented for DACA and um, the wall here in the same the same setting. Yeah, the immigration uh, debate, the four uh, the four things that they're going to be debating. Right. Um, just your comments on this, and I'll hang up after this. But what, what do you think that you think possibly this is another way for Trump to uh, keep his word on uh, Mexico paying for the wall? Uh, how do you how, how do you mean keep his word on Mexico paying for the wall? Well, you know, I made a real big deal about that, um, and I, I think he's kind of stuck on that whole deal. And he's really smart when it comes to um, doing those kind of things. And sure. you know, he's not going to have Mexico just write a check, but in, in one way or another, you know, they will pay. I guess you could say. I don't know. What do you What do you think about that? I mean, you know, and it, and that's a that's one of the that's a very smart thing. A lot of people, and you know, the problem with politics is, and the problem with campaigning is, people take politicians. And I don't don't get this wrong. They take them at their word, but they don't realize that, you know, their campaign slogans are usually metaphorical. And you're right. When he says Mexico's going to pay for the wall, Mexico's not going to roll in here with a check and say, how many pesos do you want? That's not going to happen. What's going to happen is the dreamers who are already here, who are from Mexico, who are looking for citizenship, uh, are going to have to pay for it one way or another. There's going to be fees to become a citizen. There's going to be fees to become a green card holder. There's going to be taxes. Once you get your Social Security number and you start working, taxes are going to come out of it. So, yeah, if Donald Trump allows a path to citizenship for 1.8 million dreamers, and let's say 1 million of them become uh, become citizens and, and start getting taxed, then you're looking at, God, I mean, I don't even know. I mean, I'd have to do the math, and I'm horrible at math. Uh, I'll get Siri to do it over the next break. But if you have one million people paying, let's say, let's say they're in the low end of the bracket, maybe 20% of their their income every year, and they're making thirty, even thirty thousand, forty thousand dollars a year. I mean, that's a huge amount of money that annually could go to pay for the wall. So, sure, uh, you know, the Dreamers, if they're coming to the United States of America, if they're if they're offered a path to citizenship, are going to have to start paying, and already have. I mean, if you're living here and you buy stuff, you're paying taxes. You know, if you work with a Social Security number or even with a with any kind of any kind of immigrant status, you're paying taxes. You don't you don't get you know, if you ride a toll road, you're paying toward the infrastructure of America. So there are there are ways that Mexico and Mexicans are already paying for the wall. Uh, It's just now it's just now, you know, the idea of getting it, getting it, getting the money dedicated to the construction of that wall. And so that Trump can also, number one, keep his campaign promises to his base. And number two, you know, build a wall that keeps more illegal immigrants and potentially terrorists from coming through unchecked. So uh, great point and great question. Hey, thanks so much for your call. We really appreciate it. Once again, you've got the, the DACA Dreamers, Path to Citizenship. You've got the Visa Lottery. You've got Chain Migration and the Wall. That's what's up for debate. The Democrats want the DACA Dreamers protected. The Republicans want the Wall. Somewhere in between, there will be middle ground met, but it's going to be a long, hard, sweaty, bloody, gross, disgusting, painful, headachey battle. And we're going to be here the whole time. Also, we're going to be here when Trump speaks, hopefully any minute now. This is the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. By the way, the Jacksonville Jaguars will be removing all of the tarps from the stadium for next season because, I mean, and again, I've been saying this for years. I've been saying, if you have an attendance problem, all you got to do is win some more games. Just win games. And I've proven right, which is always a plus, uh, is that, you know, hey, we won a bunch of games, made it all the way almost to the Super Bowl, and now there's going to be no tarps. Oh, also, fun fact, <laughs> the ticket prices are going up. But again, I mean, that's all. 
That's all uh, That's all par for the course. This is the Marque Show, and my name is Marque. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm still waiting to be preempted by the president. And, you know, it's my own fault because when I found out that the speech was going to happen at 11 o'clock and that we were going to carry it live on News 104.5 WOKV, I basically did not prepare anything. In fact, I called and scheduled a tea time. Because I figure, you know, hey, 11 o'clock is a good time to play golf, and it's raining. So there's probably not a lot of people out there. Uh, but then, of course, you know, they were like, hey, you got you to go on the radio because uh, the president's not, president's not nowhere near the podium yet. Um, but when we, rest assured, when we do uh, have Donald Trump in our sights, we will pump through that infrastructure plan so you know, you know exactly what's going to be happening. In the meantime, uh, Don is on the phone from Jacksonville. Don, good morning. Thank you so much for calling the Marque Show. How are you? Hi, good morning. Hey, uh, as to the president and the wall, uh, I'm a, uh, a Trump supporter from the beginning. Mm-hmm. And uh, to pay for the wall, we should actually call it the Great Second Wall of China. If we apply a 7% import tariff to all Chinese goods that come into the U.S., keep in mind that they have a 300% import tariff on American-made goods. Mm-hmm. 7% build the wall in 18 months. If we apply a 7% import tariff to Mexico goods, it builds it in, I think, 11 months. If we also apply the lost sales tax of 7% for Internet sales through Amazon and stuff like that, it builds three of them in 18 months. Yeah, and if we cut down the spending that we have on hammers and staplers to the national government, it probably builds it in a week and a half. And these oh, yeah. are these are all things exactly right that Donald Trump is uh, is going after, from the tax cuts to increase. I mean, the thing that people don't even realize about tax cuts is by cutting tax, you're actually raising more tax dollars because you have more people with more money, and that money is going to get taxed. And the other thing you don't realize is that you have these companies that are coming back now or not leaving at all, building factories here in America because that's the way. It's supposed to be, said the Super Bowl commercial from WeatherTech. You know, we built our factory in America because isn't that what we're supposed to do? Yeah, you are. And guess what? You're also going to get a tax break for it. And you're going to hire a bunch of workers and they're going to have to pay taxes and you have more money coming into the government. So it's, you know, it, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. But you're right. Donald Trump knows all this stuff. He's going to look at everything. And it may not be a 7% tax on China, but maybe it's a 3% tax on China. And it may not be a 7% tax on Mexico, but look, maybe it'll be a 3% tax. And then why don't we throw a 1% tax on Canadian stuff? Eh? 1%, eh? It's 1%, eh? That's totally cool, eh? They're Canadians. They're not going to fight us on it. I mean, they, they need us just as much as, uh, well, we don't really, we, we don't really need them. I mean, we have hockey teams now too and maple syrup. So really there's nothing, uh, there's nothing left. So, and th- I mean, all the money is going to come from somewhere and Donald Trump's job, number one, is to stop frivolous spending and build a, build an America that will create money and that will create jobs and that will be rich again. Uh, what was it? Smart again? No. Smart again? No, we were never smart. Rich again, uh, safe again, and strong again, and great again. All those things. All the agains. That's what he's working on. So, And this infrastructure deal is is right along the line. We've got two things going on this week. The first is the infrastructure package. $1.5 trillion total. One, and $200 billion of that is going to come right off of the budget because he's going to go through – and by him, I mean people that he hires are going to go through and say, OK, this NASA thing, we're spending three billion dollars a year on the International Space Station. Is that something we need to be spending money on? Do we really need to pay three billion dollars a year? Why don't we privatize that? Why don't we have a private company with a special uh, you know, interest in space exploration? Why don't we have them pay for it? We've already got Boeing flying people back and forth and space. Look, last week, last week, Elon Musk launched the largest rocket in history. 
He launched it into space. And he it was very successful. He put a car on it. It was very interesting. It's headed to Mars, all right? The the fuselages, the, the fuel tanks, for the first time ever, landed back on the platform and are now reusable. They're not just trash in the ocean. They're not just, you know, burning up on reentry and falling down as, as dust particles to, uh, to you know, in a field somewhere in, in Omaha. These things are now re- – they're expensive. And because they figured out, hey, you know what, we can actually have these things land – right back on the platform and clean them up, fill them back up and use them again. These are the kinds of things that private sector individuals and private sector companies think of that the government doesn't because the government just spends and spends and spends because there's an, there was until now an unlimited amount of money. What happened was you had NASA. This is a great example. And all you be, all you Ted Cruz's out there who are like, we need money for NASA. Why do we need money for NASA? When you have three companies out there competing with each other to build rockets, to get into space, to get people paying customers into space, people who are willing to drop 150000 200000 half a million dollars on a ticket around the earth a couple times. The money is out there and the people that want to do it are ready, willing and able to do it because they know they can make money at it. The U.S. government, we don't make money at space travel. We spend money. We go out there and we drop $3 billion on a rocket, and what happens? It falls into the ocean. Why? Because we don't need it again. We know we can just go back, write another check for $3 billion, and build two new rockets. But Elon Musk, he wants to save that money because the money that he saves goes right back into his pocket. The money that he saves, he can reinvest in Tesla Roadsters and, 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 and different kinds of electrical you know, doohickeys, whatever. I don't even really know what the guy does. But whatever he does, he wants as much money and needs as much money as he can to do it. So take the $3 billion a year right off the top, privatize the International Space Station, or at least the United States' role in the International Space Station. Put, you know, we're not saying, you know, let them run rampant. You're going to put some kind of federal regulations on it. You put federal regulations on everything else from air traffic control to air travel to shipping to, you know, riding down the street on your bike. Bicycle. Everything has some kind of federal regulation. It's not going to go unchecked. It's just that we ain't going to pay for it anymore. And that's $3 billion that, guess what, comes off the budget and goes right to roads down, you know, right through the red states. All the all the dirt roads get paved. And then the farmers aren't having to pay for new tires as, as often. And their suspensions aren't going out. And it makes it a lot easier to get goods and services from the middle of the country to the exterior of the country and vice versa. And then you're going to work on bridges and we're going to have more port systems and we're going to have security. And we're not going to have to worry about, you know, anything coming in and out of the country that shouldn't, including terrorists. And it's all self-fulfilling. And that's President Trump's main goal. And that's what this infrastructure plan is going to do. And that's what this immigration plan is going to do. You know what happens with the immigration plan is so important. And I read this article on Friday. I wanted to get to it on Friday, but we were just we had we had to do the fake news Friday, which was a huge hit. And we had I think I was I was doing talking about the podcast, whatever. But there was this really great story. Uh, I forget where it was from. I think it was CBS or something. But it was about San Francisco. And I don't, I don't know if you've ever heard of out migration. I didn't know, I'd never heard of out migration or I'd never heard of it phrased that way. But out migration is basically what it sounds like. It's when people migrate out of a region. You know, we're always concerned about immigration, people immigrating to the United States. They're coming in from Mexico. They're coming in from Cuba. They're coming in from El Salvador. They're bringing their gangs. They're bringing their weapons. They're bringing their drugs. They're bringing, Every member of their family. That, these are the things that we're always talking about and concerned with. 
But out-migration is just as much a part of migration, and it's such an important problem or such a big problem for the U.S. And ironically, San Francisco is feeling the effects more than anyone else. Out-migration is decimating San Francisco because the sanctuary city status and the welcoming of immigrants, illegal to the San Francisco Bay Area has caused, number one, jobs to disappear, and number two, a steady and increasing crime rate. And all of the tech people and all of the technology people and all of the engineers, all of these smart people that that like huddled in San Francisco and built it up to this technological banking you know mecca of 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 digital and in you know infrastructure that it is. It's an it San Francisco is a hub for the modern American ecosystem, especially the online digital. But now what's happening is people are leaving because they don't feel safe. They don't feel safe. They don't have jobs. More people, for the first time ever, more people are leaving the Bay Area than are coming to it. It is the number one spot in the country for out-migration. Probably the most sanctuaryist of sanctuary cities. I don't even know if that's a word. I just made it up if it isn't. But Silicon Valley has been growing and growing and growing. And now the opposite is true. The One official said, you can't even contemplate getting into the housing market here. Because there's no one to buy these expensive houses that all of these tech gurus are leaving behind. People don't like it there anymore. It's a sanctuary state with sanctuary status. It's all politics. The crime is going up and nobody seems to care. All they're doing is being embroiled in a political debate with a president that they hate and they're neglecting their citizens. They say that if you try to get a U-Haul truck... It's difficult to come by in San Francisco. Why? Because the U-Haul trucks are all rented for one-way drop-offs out of the city. And nobody's renting them one-way coming in. It's a serious problem, and it's affecting the housing market, the real estate agents, construction. It's affecting you know moving companies. It's affecting the entire area. It's out-migration, and it's a direct negative result of migration. And the sanctuary status that San Francisco has placed on itself. And you know what? This gives me a fantastic idea. Remember those slogans we were talking about last week for Jacksonville? I just came up with another one. I came up with another great one. We're, I'll share it with you here in just a minute. This is the Mark K Show on News 104.5 WOKV. So it turns out that the president's news conference today at 11 uh, was fake news. You are fake news. But if it does happen, don't worry. We'll bring it to you. I'm sure it'll be, uh, you know, maybe during Rush or Hannity, although I doubt the president would jump in between those two dudes because they're all buds. Uh, anyway, <laughs> before we get out of here, we got Don checking in from my- from Miami. Don, you're in Miami right now? Yeah, I work in Miami. Oh. I'm in St. Augustine, but I travel back and forth. Oh, how are you, um, how are you hearing us in Miami? I listen to you on the radio. I'm sorry, on the uh, on the phone. Oh, that's going on the app. That's awesome. That's yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what hey, do you want so to say? I, so, so you're talking about the out migration thing, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm an IT guy. I travel all over the country. Okay. I work in the United States. A quarter million miles a year. I travel. Mm-hmm. Right. And I've worked out in California, up to New York. I work all over the place. And I've probably spent six of the last like 20 years literally living in California, but never owning a place out there, just flying back and forth. Right? Yeah. And um. And I'll share with you that, that the out-migration, as you're describing it, we used to call it e-migration instead of immigration, but e-migration where people migrate away from places, that it, it doesn't surprise me that places like Apple and 
when Amazon are looking for alternate headquarters outside of the of, uh, Silicon Valley. And I've been going to Silicon Valley for 22 years, you know, aggressively, you know, a dozen times a year. Sure. Kind of thing. And, you know, I, and I moved down to St. Augustine from, uh, from Memphis 15 years ago. And, we, and my wife and I, we were the first of kind of high tech people to kind of start leaving Memphis for similar reasons, similar social and economic reasons that you're seeing the out migration happening in, um, in uh, the Bay Area. And it's not just the Bay Area. You know, it's Los Angeles, it's the Bay Area, it's Boston, it's New York, there's all those problems. Oh, yeah. And, and Memphis, it was kind of a stark, you know, a stark number that I didn't even realize happened until after I left because I still stayed in contact with folks up there. And I watched the town, you know, because I'm fond of them. But um, the factoid that I wanted to throw out there was that Memphis suffered 10,000 uh, 10, families a year leaving Memphis for 10 years that earned over a quarter of a million dollars a year. In yeah, family. and that's okay. all. And that's all money that they've lost in taxes and and you know people shopping and you know going to their score, stores and their schools and everything else. Don, I appreciate the call. We got to wrap this up because well, show's over. Uh, but you bring up a great point: is that it? It is a serious problem and it does hurt communities and it's it's a long term issue. Now, here's what I suggest: Jacksonville. It's easier here. Let's. We should just change that to Jacksonville. We're not a sanctuary city. Let's get all those let's get all those rich tech people from Silicon Valley and Memphis and wherever else. There are plenty of big houses in Ponte Vedra that are sitting empty. Let's fill those up, shall we? Uh, listen, we got to get out of here. Uh, the president's still slated to speak sometime today on the infrastructure plan. Either way, uh, we'll go over it tomorrow right here on the Marquee Show on News 104.5 WOKV.